0: Good afternoon.
1: How are
0: you? I'm doing all right. Let me see. One second. Here we are. How do you pronounce your last name? Share. Share.
1: Uh, Yeah, just like S-H-A-R-E, as in sharing. Yes. Trying to get my volumes really loud here.
0: Okay. Terrific. Thank you. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. Um. Just, uh, just to, to give you a quick pitch, what I do with these conversations is typically. Um, the point is for me and anyone who may listen to learn from the inside of an experienced artist and relish in the curiosity of a celebrating uh, 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 and celebrate in, the fascin- uh, in a fascinating person, my apologies, uh, which artists tend to be. Uh, so, again, thank you so much for joining me and, and chit chatting with me this afternoon. Uh, in case you have any questions for me or, or first order business you'd like to mention, we can do that. Otherwise, I'll just start volleying questions at you.
1: Uh, you can just start with the questions, but hang on one second because I need to, the volume on these speakers. Like, sure. Um, we keep talking so I can adjust it?
0: So. Sure. Test. test, test, test. Testing. I don't
1: know why
0: it's so loud. It's so interesting.
1: It's really, really loud. Testing, uh, testing, testing. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just deal with it. Sure. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, it, it's interesting to see um, some of the pieces in, in your background. There, it's a really great shot uh, for oh. the camera, uh, and oh. just some, some of the pieces I think I, I can even recognize from your Instagram oh. feed. Okay. But um, yeah. it, it's funny; it's, uh, the, yeah, I think you're you're the only person I've spoken to yet that ha- has such a nice curated background. It's kind of funny. Well, some of the.
1: Well, there's
0: a mess, but on the other side, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where all the clutter is. But yeah, so some of the artists, uh, you know, they're just, uh, you know, one one, uh, one conversation I had, a gentleman was just in the, in his basement, and someone else seemed to be in kind of in a studio space, but just kind of facing a wall, etc. You're, you're the first artist that has some work behind them uh, to be viewed. But um, sure, I'll, I'll jump right into volleying you some questions. And the way I always like to start is if you wouldn't mind telling me a bit about your parents.
1: My parents. Okay. Yes. Well, my father was a physician. Okay. Uh, and my mom worked for him. And okay. They they were born in Ohio. I'm one of six children. Um, but I was raised in a really religious home. Mm-hmm. It was always uh, very neat and tidy. So maybe this that's why. That's this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. In case they're watching. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, they always they always let me know. It's like you know, artists don't have to be messy. You know, artists mm-hmm. don't because they have you know every parent. What was it? I think Ben Sean said every every. Parent kind of, I'm paraphrasing. Has sort of fear instilled in them when their kid says, "I think I want to like paint." It's like, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no, 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 definitely, definitely. That's something that I, I've touched on in other conversations. I mean, um, particularly, I mean, to go from, I mean, I guess in a way, it's kind of the best um, comparison is is your father's path as a physician might be a one eighty from any given person's path as an artist. You know, a physician is um, uh, a very kind of, I mean, uh, artistry is technical in a way is it, as well, but when, when you set on the path of being a doctor, there's, I mean, roughly what 15 years of your life is kind of predetermined as far as almost step by right. step of exactly what you're going to do. Yeah, and, and 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 when you go down the path of being an artist, you're simply just face planting off a cliff and kind of hoping something catches on at some point. So so you said your mother worked for your father. What what did she do? She she
1: uh, well when he uh, had a, worked in at, at his office, she. With the the secretary the mm-hmm. administrative person so yeah yeah for about she that for about 12 years
0: mm-hmm. so yeah and and you said you grew up in a fairly religious household what yeah, I guess, for
1: Catholic. Catholic
0: Catholic yes yeah, yeah. My, my, my family is is fairly yeah. Catholic as well my father's really the only very very official Catholic and my mother just sort of conformed and I'm kind of there in the middle somewhere oh. I think yeah but I went to yeah. Catholic school for 13 years.
1: Oh, yeah. I went to elementary school uh, mm-hmm. in Catholic elementary school. And then after that, it was just regular public school.
0: What was the what was the difference in those two institutions like?
1: Uh, well, in public school, you don't you don't go to church
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: twice a week. Yeah. You don't go to catechism. Um mm-hmm really other than that i don't really feel like there was much difference um so the school i was in like the nuns it was nuns but they didn't wear habits they looked like regular people mm-hmm. so yeah i didn't feel like there's much difference other than that honestly
0: interesting yeah I, I would assume there might have been a bit of culture shock of just leaving a catholic school particularly right at high school i feel like it's kind of going right into like uh maybe it just uh just i don't know a, 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 something more vivid just being kind of foreign secular
1: yeah, for me, it was more. I had, you know, most people have just a couple of friends. I had a close friend, and when I went off to public, um, it was actually junior high when I went into public school. So I went into junior high publicly. She went to boarding school, so that was kind of the big rift in my life. Was my my best friend, you know, went 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 away. So yeah. the other stuff is just, you don't want to call it white noise, but um, mm. yeah, so I was kind of left without my my buddy. Yeah, which was, which was really the difficult part.
0: Uh, w- growing up, when did you first start? I mean, w- were you always uh, very creative? Was it somewhat obvious to everyone that you kind of wanted to be a painter, even at an early age?
1: Right, and it's funny because I don't put um, being a painter and creativity necessarily together, so that's mm. interesting. When you said we were always creative, my first thought was I wasn't creative. I just mm. I really enjoyed, we had this one art book, um, I think from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and back when I was young, you know, there was no internet. There was no, so books of art were very special. You didn't run across paintings very often or the ability to see a painting. So that Mm -hmm. book was very special. (laughs) And I really kind of honed in on those paintings that were in it. And Franz Halls, the one where he's holding the skull, was kind of one that was particularly Mm -hmm. mesmerized by for some reason that I don't Mm -hmm. know. But yeah, so that was probably by, you know, 11 years old around that, that time when I started really noticing paintings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I think might have got for an eleven-year-old, but I don't know. I it, can't base it on.
0: It, it, did you start painting around eleven?
1: Oh yeah, just but just like regular kids, you know. I just okay. I kind of characterize it as I just didn't realize I was supposed to stop.
0: Right,
1: like most people are like time to put the crayons away, and I was like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, i just didn't didn't stop, just kept kind of building.
0: Did you um? what what was the uh kind of impact of um catholic visual culture like D- did that have any sort of major impact on you or do you notice it having an impact on you now
1: you mean just the the pure visual or the whole like the ideology and stuff i, just- I
0: mean I, I suppose the the ideology in part as well but i the, the question was just about the visual just because i feel like catholicism uh, does have a really particular type of aesthetic language and it definitely has its own kind of artistic artifacts.
1: Yes, definitely. Well, I'd say it probably had a pretty huge impact, actually. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, on just kind of the, um, I guess, more formal, the formality of mm. religious um, paintings and things like that that are not, not really present in kind of contemporary art so much. Mm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, so what did, at what, at what point in your life did you kind of officially decide to take kind of painting seriously? Uh, and I guess I'm not, I'm not even entirely, I, I don't, I don't know your history. Did you make a firm decision to, to, to be an artist at, at a young age or did, were you just more of a hobbyist or?
1: I don't think there was, I never really made a decision. It's odd because again, it was just this kind of continuum. I was interested in it and I just kept going and I didn't really have a lot of, I didn't really think a lot about you know, why am I doing this? Or should I be doing something else? It was kind of just like I enjoyed it. And people did start saying, hey, that's, wow, that's basically, oh, that's better than my sister can do. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. So You kind of like hearing those kinds of things. But I just had an interest in it. So I kept going. So I didn't really, I know, you know, you're making decisions, but it wasn't like, um, I always feel like it almost looks people put a wall somewhere where it's like, okay, this decision was made on, I didn't really make a decision. I just kind of Kind of just kept going it mm-hmm. just seemed
0: natural yeah um you 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 know you made a, a joke earlier about you know p- parents being um afraid about uh oh, right. children that pursue um you know kind of arts or something like that did you get any sort of friction from your parents oh, yeah. at this point for
1: sure. oh for sure yeah. okay. what
0: was what was that like?
1: Well, they wanted me to, you know, go into medicine or be, a, be, you know, do something, you know, mm-hmm. that I you could make real money at. Mm-hmm. And um, so there, there was some, there was some, you know, pushback on that, but they were largely very supportive as far as, you know, encouraging me and taking me to museums and, um, you know, telling me that if I, if I wanted to, I could definitely do it, that I could pull it off, so to speak, mm-hmm. as far as, you know. Um, making a, decent paintings, I guess. So um I mean, because my parents love that kind of thing. They love going to the symphony and museums and things like that. So it was definitely, you know, it was sort of championed in the culture of, I guess, my life that art was important and music was important. These things were important, but if you go into it, it's kind of like uh oh okay, yeah yeah, you,
0: yeah to, be, to, to be Yeah, to be right. consumed but not really participated in, I suppose. Right. But right. Um,
1: that loves it but not the person that tries to make exactly make it. yeah
0: um you know compared to kind of the types of subjects or, or how it is you practice now with your painting when you kind of first began maybe it, you know is that young person that was having those kind of conversations with your parents or you know right right before you started like to leave the house etc what kind of work were you doing then or, or was there anything yeah, that kind our, of
1: far uh, as drawing and painting kind of thing yeah you I kind of started out like a lot of young people that you see now drawing my my uh idols like my favorite, mm. you know like david bowie <laughs> and portraits, portraits of bowie and things like that and i gridded it out which is one of the ways in high school that you learn to do a drawing was you know to grid it out and transfer it to paper so i was doing a lot of that i did a lot of drawing massive amounts of drawing usually from photographs in my room just kind of alone or in class at school and um yeah, that was kind of what the early stuff was, which is I think it's I would say it's fairly typical. It wasn't like you'd look at my stuff when I was in high school or even early college and go, "Oh wow, look what mm-hmm. she was doing!" Then it was amazing because it wasn't. It was very mm-hmm. it was I, fairly typical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it really I feel like it's a really long road for some of us to you know build their build our, I don't know not just skills but just the idea of what we want to do and why we're doing it. That. Mm-hmm. that so it took me a long time. It doesn't necessarily take everyone a long time, though. So
0: yeah, I, I do know what you mean, but I, I definitely think uh, that that kind of um, that that longer path and that more steep path might potentially be a bit more, uh, maybe less embarrassing at the end of it, or something like that. But it's I, a bit I, more, bit more productive. I feel
1: solid I mm-hmm. guess I feel solid I don't feel like I'm doing anything you know earth shattering or you know boom or epic but I feel very like I have a very so- rock solid base that I can kind of you know build on and mm-hmm. I definitely have um you know when I was younger it was just like I was like I'm gonna try this I want to try I tried everything I really tried yeah. so many different things it's not like I wasn't a person who was like, I'm just, I'm going to do portraits and figures. And I really just kind of kept doing that and got great at it. I was like, I was doing abstraction, I was doing, you know, dot paintings. I was doing all kinds of crazy experiments and stuff. I consider myself an experimental painter, actually, and most people don't. Yeah. So, um, but it's narrowed down the experimentation. It shows up in different ways in a more... Um, Figurative, you know, because I consider myself figurative,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a figurative painter for sure. Uh,
0: also, growing up in, a, I guess, a somewhat uh, staunch Catholic household, how did your parents? How did your parents uh, react to your uh, to to David Bowie? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, some of it, yeah, it's not, it wasn't really looked on as 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 very well. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, I, I I don't know if I should say this or not, but it's kind of like, why are you drawing that crap? Like, yeah, you're. You're pretty good, you know. Why don't you, don't you want to draw a buffalo? You know, I was in I was in Montana, I was in Montana during my high school years. We moved around a lot. That was the other part of my family. We moved in about seven different states by the time I was 16 or 17 years old. And yes, my dad was briefly in the military.
0: Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, that's interesting. Is that so? Was he a doctor in the military, and that's why you moved so much?
1: Yeah, he was, well, he was a flight. No, we we were we were uh, he was at Hickam Air Force Base in Honolulu, so we were in Hawaii for three years while he was in the military, and then he left to you know pursue other stuffs in the stuff in the medical field, and so. Mm-hmm. But we yeah, we bounced around the country. I think they just like to see different places.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I am um, the company I work for. A very uh, integral team member and a close friend of mine. Her, her husband is a doctor who I think might still be in the army, although that's not how he. Typically practices his medicine now, but um, they kind of at the drop of the hat are are moving away, and yeah. um, everyone in the company was shocked by it. And she was like, "You know, this is very normal for us. Like, we just <laughs> we just totally be moving is. sometimes, yeah." <laughs> um, you, you know, your your parents had a, a great deal of attention appreciation for for fine culture. Did you see anything in them as far as? Um, again, I I know maybe you have a slight different interpretation of the word, uh, you know, creative spark or something like that. But when you apply your own skills, do you see that in your parents as well?
1: Yeah, I, saw, I mean, my dad uh, loved to write. He also, uh, I have a little uh, copy of a painting that is at their house that he made. So he painted, he wrote, he also sang in a Dixieland jazz band. So
0: hmm. he
1: was, he was so right. So I had a, Yes, they had, the arts were kind of in, but they made different decisions to not go, <laughs> go into it as professionally. But yeah, 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 on the side, he took photographs. He passed away a, a few years ago and I, um, me and my brother kind of got together. My brother had the photograph side of handling his, the photographs he took and I scanned his slides and there were about 2,500 slides from
0: yeah, our childhood.
1: And so I scanned all those and then some of my paintings are based on some of those images.
0: Fascinating. And when you say slides, this is a type of format of photography, like an old camera? Yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting.
1: Because that's what was, you know, they started in, you know, 19, uh, the slides I have are probably from 1964 to 1989 or 90, maybe not quite that.
0: Is yeah. this kind of like one of those like Kodak carousel kind of things? Right, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs>
1: it's okay, I'm okay. Um, it's, yeah, slide is just, it's, it's, you know, you can hold it up and look at it and see what mm-hmm. it, it's a color, color slides. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's something that you can scan
0: and make mm-hmm. an
1: image out of. So it was semi-laborious. It took me a couple months to
0: scan.
1: <laughs> I didn't have very professional equipment as part of it, but yeah, so that's what they are. It's, it's like a, a negative only. It's, um, not the reversed image as far as the color goes. Mm-hmm. It's the color that you would see on the print. Is in the in the little slide, so that was. I mean, it was, it was a very emotional thing to do, really.
0: I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds pretty uh pretty intense, honestly. It,
1: it also reminded me of all the places that we went as kids, because my parents were campers, and so mm. you know we went all over the United States camping and things like that. You know, the Grand Canyon all kinds of places utah wherever arizona all like all kinds of places
0: yeah i mean it sounds i mean it sounds very very american like what you're describing yeah, it's, it's very like stereotypical oh, yes. like uh like mid-century american um right. yeah family yeah. um Definitely. Can, what, what is the what's dixieland jazz band what is
1: dixieland jazz it's yeah. just a form of jazz it's kind of it's kind of um I don't want to say Bobby. I'm not, it's not, it was his thing, not mine. So it's hard for me to describe, but it's just a form of jazz. And I don't even know what Eric came out, like Benny Goodman, I guess, if you want to look someone okay. up.
0: Okay, I know who that is. Um, it, so you have a brother?
1: Yes, I have one brother, four, uh, four sisters and one brother.
0: Oh, wow. And um, are you the only one who kind of went down the path you went down as far as painting or, or, or did they yeah, all end up I, being creatives?
1: They're creative people, but they didn't go down the path.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> are you are you like a black sheep of, of the family in that regard? Uh,
1: that like, it seems like we're full of black sheep, so I can't say that we're okay. black sheep. But so many black sheep. But yeah, every, <laughs> it's funny, we're all really unique, different people with our own. My sister's like very into music, and she's one of those people that can tell you the flip side of some rare single. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So she's very into music and, and literature. And then I have another sister who's very much into um, fabric and sewing. She became a baker. I mean, so everybody just kind of did all kinds of different, crazy, fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I have a cousin. I have a cousin who's a painter.
0: Okay. It, so it, there, it, it's,
1: in the, it's definitely in the family.
0: Uh, your your cousin who paints are are they a person with uh, a type of uh, a digital record? Someone I can look up.
1: Oh yeah, definitely yeah. Gretchen. Gretchen share same last name
0: okay i'll look yeah she's
1: up. fantastic i i mean and it's funny thing is we moved away so we i don't know
0: her oh <laughs> interesting but yeah but no, we again,
1: don't really know each other yeah it's interesting
0: um so i guess what what did your i guess i just in general what did your life look like once you left the house oh boy <laughs>
1: I was kind of one of these people that yeah, I kind of just like for instance, like, like I'm a college dropout. It was very tum- tumultuous. I bopped around and did all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I myself, I've had I've had five children, a couple of, a couple of marriages, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. interesting, I guess.
0: What did you study in college?
1: I studied painting and ceram- oh. I st- started started studying ceramics. Actually, I started out doing hand built ceramics, and then moved to painting.
0: And what, what part of the country were you in?
1: That was in uh, Missoula, Montana. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the painting wow. department there was kind of cool. I had a Rudy Audio and Dennis Voss, and um, I never saw vocals, but he was sort of in that in that sort of area. Um, and Beth Lowe, just, just a lot of ceramic. He was a great department. I really liked it, but I was very interested in painting, so. Oh,
0: huh. that's interesting. Yeah, I have a, a, a friend who I think is now a professor of uh, literature at, at Missoula. But um. Let's see here. And so I guess, yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess just to mind something, what did, what did, I, I my guess is, have you, do you just, at what point of your life did you uh, start painting kind of exclusively, or maybe, maybe you, you haven't even done this, but uh, has there been parts of your life where you're exclusively living off your painting?
1: I'm trying to do that now, and it's very difficult.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, what,
1: so I'm what, very, very broke, but it's, you know, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so, so when, when again, it's similar around this time when you're, you know, maybe 18 in your early 20s, what kind of, what were you doing for... Oh,
1: dishwashing, um i 've been a preschool teacher I've been a paralegal I've, I've been an administrator I' I've, I've you know I raised a you know I raised four children um I had five but uh only raised four of them myself um you know I worked yeah largely worked for I had one I guess long-term marriage and I worked for my husband's business which was a at first a law firm and then a tax business so those yeah normal jobs like everybody yeah, so it was the first time I'm not and when you say painting I'm also living off teaching so it's it's not just selling paintings it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: an uh, independent kind of contracting stuff and I try and uh just keep a balance between those two things
0: mm-hmm. um may uh, may I ask how old were you when you started your family
1: oh um I was probably
0: 22 22 how did how did being a mother and particularly escalating into a mother of four? How did that affect your, I guess, your art in total? How did it affect maybe what you were interested in or just the amount of time you were able to do it? Like, what did that look like trying to do those things simultaneously?
1: It's, well, you're it's really you're busy. I yeah. was
0: very was
1: A lot less busy with that kind of stuff now, but it you know definitely it's difficult it it makes it much more difficult to do paint enough and get enough out there and move along as quickly as maybe you see other people doing mm-hmm. who are women who don't get married don't have children and strictly focus on just their career so i wasn't strictly focused on my career i was mm-hmm. very interested in having family
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: i think that's kind of my upbringing my background there
0: mm-hmm.
1: so and, but it's given me a lot of um well a reason to paint i mean i know i love my family i have a i have a wonderful family (laughs) a big extended family and a family of my own and um those things i mean that's what i paint about really is people and life and in particular mine and my children and things like that and um yeah i just can't imagine not doing it that way i feel like Hmm. i'd be uh lonely (laughs) i guess
0: you know (laughs) If you don't mind, I would like to hear slightly more about that. You know, and I think it's something you, you just touched on there as well. You know, nowadays, so many folks, um, you know, again, starting a family of four at 22, I would say, is less and less common, certainly. And I think sure. more so. But within I, didn't, the... I didn't start with four. Indeed. I yeah, care. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh but but you know I think now what is in the zeitgeist more so is definitely um, thinking about career or vocation or a type of large lifestyle style project that that requires a very long investment and I think I think still family is a popular idea but it's kind of in a way either it's supposed to be either this simultaneously or slightly back burner project that needs to conform for that larger kind of vocational project. And I was just wondering, like w- when you hear ideas like that or something, what comes to mind?
1: Well, I think it's an open question. That things like this are being assessed, and I wish I do wish I had been more thoughtful about that aspect of my life. I kind of just did it on semi autopilot It's mm-hmm. Just kind of biological, it's natural. This is what people do. We you know we get together, we we create p- other people. <laughs> <kind> <laughs> of the thing. But I think that it's great that women are are waking up and kind of taking a step back and going, wait a minute, am I just automatically doing this? Or, you know, yeah, what should I think about? Because um, I certainly appreciate, um, well, the change that's happening, actually. So that, you know, I, people are like, oh, wow, do you have grandkids? I'm like, no, I do not. My children are making other choices. So, Mm -hmm. and I totally support all that stuff. It's hard to go back and say, oh, I kind of wish I had, Focus just on my career more, and done the kids later, or not done yeah. that at all. Because um, everything that I believe that everything that has happened happens in your life is brings you to whatever point you're at. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm good with where I'm at. So to say, oh man, I wish I wish I would have been born later, so I'd have been more thoughtful about these kinds of things. Because it definitely it sets you back for sure. To mm-hmm. for, for not just women, but for men. There's I I mean I have. Yeah. Uh, painter friends where they were the one that was their wife was the main breadwinner and they were at home with the kids and working fuller part-time jobs on the side and they're trying to be painters and so um it it's it's i'd say it's definitely more of a struggle but Mm -hmm. it's it's struggle can do um you know be kind of build really good things in your in your brain essentially is like getting through them, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's all there's always a hurdle. Like you, you know, when you're young, you have some hurdle and you're like, wow, I'm glad that's over. Now it'll be smooth sailing. And then it's like <laughs> hurdle, 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 like life. is just a series of hurdles. So
0: yeah.
1: I think it teaches you that. And it also teaches you, you know, is there really any reason to um, you know, just have to be super fast and ping, 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 ping all the time, and just like be almost like machine like. Towards mm-hmm. it, and so that kind of having that kind of mindset helped me get through it. It's just like I, you know, I'm always thinking about it. You know, you can be thinking about it and looking at things and you know designing things in your mind while you're you know folding laundry or looking at from your database while you're mm-hmm. taking a break at work or something like that. So um I think most people that are doing it have that kind of kind of mind where you're. You're you're going through all the stuff you need to do in your daily life, but your mind can can still be thinking about what you're gonna do later when you know, when the when you're released. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of late there's a lot of late nights, right? There's a lot of late nights or there, and the late nights weren't me up late at night painting. I'd steal time during the day and then at night it'd be like, I better go down and get the pile of dishes that has been there for two <laughs> days. <duty laughs> because so it's not like it was a perfectly well, you know, well oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was kind of crazy, that very crazy at
0: times. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's very fascinating. Again, it, it's something, you know, the, the um. again, I, I think you mentioned it too. It's a, a conversation that's more and more prevalent now. And it, it's something yeah. that I've, I've thought a little bit about. Uh, there's a slight um, kind of juxtaposition between me and my sister. My sister had, she got married and had children. I mean, she must have been Twenty-three, something like this, and now I'm thirty-two, uh, and I, I have neither uh, a marriage nor a child. But you know, I, I do have a long-term girlfriend, and, and that's definitely going. That's like
1: my daughter. My daughter's yeah. a few years older than you, and she's the same. She's and she's doing pottery, and she studied painting at the University of Washington, so she paints and does pottery, and and has a job, and and she got her BFA at the uh, University of Washington here where I live now, and so similar. So my yeah. long-term partner, no kids, really focusing all the things she wants to do. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with Elon Musk. We don't need more people. We've got we've got a good amount of people. Yeah,
0: We're I, I, a, I, 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 people. I, I, you know, the, my, from from my perspective, the only thing I, I'm curious about is, you know, me and my sister have different. The, the, there's um, I, I think a trade-off between a type of. uh capital capital and a type of like romantic capital that, you know, my sister seems to have that um that I don't necessarily have, you know. And so uh again, I I I again I feel fine and comfortable with the pace of my life, but I, I do wonder uh what things would have been like had I maybe made some types of life decisions more so like in my earlier mid 20s exactly what that would have looked like and, and again like you said you know it, it becomes more difficult but it's not it's not like um it's not necessarily like things stop it just it, there's just late nights
1: yeah right you know? and, and the thing is there's i mean i'm a i'm a challenge the human construct type of person so yeah you know a lot of times you have to ask your, ask yourself like i i do now it's like wow what when i was doing that was i really was i on autopilot was i really thinking about things was i um uh, i just i think there's more ways to live life than we're allowed mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense you know by just kind of the typical construct of the way things are you know supposed to be you mm-hmm. know as far as you know you're supposed to get married you're supposed to have kids you're supposed to have a white picket fence you're supposed to so i you know all of that kind of you know yeah, I'm alone now, so I've had, you know, I'm divorced, so mm-hmm. it's, it's to me, part of that is, like, it's it's sort of a little bit of an illusion to se- sort of a, let's secure your happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that can be done.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: think you can plan and secure your future happiness, because life just is, it's pretty crazy, even if you do go sort of the mainstream.
0: That's interesting, yeah. it's In a way,
1: right? Because well, people still get sick, people still die bad bad things still happen even if you take that route so if you're gonna um kind of go that way to secure some type of fantasy of happiness and money um you know this is why i decided after at, after my uh divorce about seven years ago that it was i was just going to basically do what i wanted from now on <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that, that, like, that,
1: that, time is that, for me it's a little bit shorter now so it's kind of like wait a minute. Um, Why have I been doing all these things? Why did I do it this way? And how can I do it in the future? And like, this is the nicest part of my house. If I swung the camera around, it's like, you don't (laughs) want to see
0: that. (laughs) What you said reminded me just uh, of a very, very random little anecdote that I heard about the actor Jim Carrey, uh, where he said that his father, I think, was like a fairly successful accountant or something of this nature and was one of those guys that did everything by the rule books. And when he was a young boy, he got laid off. Just like you know, at the drop of a hat, got laid off, and his world came crumbling down. And uh, he he made the decision. Then he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and chase my dreams every right. every chance I get because you know my father made every sacrifice in the world to be a textbook, and it it didn't work out for him. So if I'm going to live in chaos, I might as well uh, strive for everything um, fantastic, I suppose.
1: Right. It's just that whole idea that it's not a new idea. I don't know where it came from, but it's like, if you fail, wouldn't you rather fail because you did wanted to try what, for what you wanted rather than fail because you were trying to do what someone else wanted you to do. It Mm -hmm. seems like that's a double, it's like a double failure. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I did I fail. I failed because I listened to them and instead of my own internal kind of compass. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's internal, it's internal compass for me now all the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's very interesting. I mean, like, it, and I, I totally uh, understand what you're saying, and could kind of articulate it myself automatically. Those sorts of thoughts, but it, it's fascinating how it conflicts with so much that has been embedded in my instinct, being reared Catholic. I think what you're describing yeah. is almost antithetical uh, yeah. to Catholicism. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it is. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 this constant uh, struggle in me to to decide how much of my life I should live um uh you know i don't know uh, Describe it maybe liberally or something like this but uh yeah it's it definitely it's definitely um fascinating and again i think it, the culture at large kind of is fiddling with those ideas more and more um let me see here uh trying to think of oh i think we've virtually touched on every little note that i'd scribbled down there but um do you, so you you have, five children essentially, and uh, you they are all kind of living in 21st century ways. Do any of them yeah. take after you uh, as far as painting or artistic endeavors?
1: They, they're all definitely creative in their own ways, but there's a couple. Of, yeah, my daughter in Portland, who I was mentioning earlier, um, yeah, she definitely does. Some of my other kids do, but I think they're kind of slightly in denial. <laughs> about mm. it. My son likes to write. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's it's there. It's there in, in different ways.
0: Uh, what what does your daughter in Portland do?
1: She's a painter and does the ceramics and she also is amazing at um, sewing. So she oh, does, interesting.
0: Yeah. Like a renaissance she makes, woman. She makes
1: her own clothes and she wears them and I'm like, wow, what is that? I mean, it's, they look like they came out of a store. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where I can't afford to buy something like this so I'll try and make it for myself so
0: yeah that's Which very is, interesting that's I um <laughs> I, I've, I've never been to Portland but from the anecdotes that I've heard about it I feel like they, they you must sew your own clothes to live there from what I hear <laughs> I, everything I, I, I hear about everything I hear about Portland is just like it's the most it's cre- creative and kind of off the beaten path community
1: yeah I think the thing about Portland is that it is um I mean there's Portland's having some serious struggles right now, for sure. But I do think what it is is it seems more friendly to people just going ahead and being themselves. So, for instance, when I'm here where I've lived, I've lived in uh, Kenmore in Washington state for 30 some years. And when I'm here, I tend to be more aware of that. So, mostly the people in my neighborhood don't really know anything about what I do. You know, I'm just this, you know, lady living down the street that, you know, they see occasionally at the store or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think people are semi aware that I, you know, make stuff. Um, people ask me if I want a rock to paint on and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so when I go to Portland, so, you know, I just kind of I'm just wearing jeans and hoodies around here. And when I go to Portland, it's kind of licensed for me to like express more of the kind of weird stuff I would rather do out in the open. Like here, mm. I feel like I kind of can't do that. I know it's really strange and maybe it just has to do with going to a different place and not just being in Portland but there's something that they're very friendly with um, kind of you know differences people being different mm. it's, it's almost and it is it is almost like well you have to be or you can't enter this, the, the city but yeah
0: yeah
1: that's not really true but yeah it's it's nice it's nice to go to a place like that and and feel Oh wow! I can just like wear these weird pants, and nobody even looks at them.
0: Um, if I were to visit Portland, do you have any recommendations of things to to visit or places to eat or something? If I go there,
1: I have no, I don't. I mean, I just know they have a lot of great food trucks and stuff. No, we just mm-hmm. kind of we, we, they. <laughs> my daughter lives <laughs> with her um, partner, uh, Dustin Silva, who is an amazing musician, and they just happen to live right across the street from Fred Meyer. So we just, I usually just hang at their house. We go get coffee at. Uh, the fresh pot next to the bookstore, and then we wander over to Fred Meyer and get dinner food, and we just kind of hang out at their house and make food and you know art and stuff and hang out. It's really great. It's really great.
0: That know. is that is very cool.
1: So yeah, I don't really go out to eat a lot. There's one video store that we go to where they still you can still rent. No, um,
0: oh, amazing.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't even remember what it's called, but we do we do that kind of stuff.
0: I, I've heard of, I mean, now it's it's clearly a novelty store and, I, and I've heard right. of these things existing, uh, but you now it's been so, so long since there's been like a blockbuster or anything like that in my city. And uh, that that's really, I think that's one of the most um kind of uh romanticized elements of my childhood that uh that that obviously my children will never be able to participate in but i mean like it was such an enormous ritual growing up and uh, i have two siblings two older siblings my brother is seven years older than me and so we grew up in the kitchen of our father's restaurant And we would, you know, even when we were very, very young, we would work there until, you know, 10 or 11 at night. And there would be a blockbuster that used to be open to like 12 or one in the same plaza. And so we would, you know, the, the pizzeria would close and we'd run up the plaza and we would browse these movies. And again, my brother being so much older than us, he would be the one who would have like this recommendation. So he would always choose a movie that was completely inappropriate for us to see at some <laughs> age. <laughs> and we would take it home and we'd take the cold pizza home and we would, you know, stay up till two or three in the morning watching these movies. And it was um it's really fascinating, only because also it's like um it's it's a bit like collecting vinyl records or something, where the amount of attention that you paid to these movies was, I mean, orders of magnitude greater than the way anyone consumes any sort of video media now. You know, now it's just this constant barrage of streaming and the investment is so, so low. But back then you would get one or two movies that you would keep for like essentially, I mean, a week or something like that. And you would rewatch them, but it was just like the investment was so high that, I mean, you were really onboarding the hell out of this movie. And I don't even know if, if, if anyone younger than me, uh, even, I don't know, has that same effect, but people, my age and older, I feel like can quote movies, you know, and it's like there's these memes and these anecdotes about movies and they're like really, really, you know, uh, kind of buried in our in our brains. And I, I don't know if uh, anyone younger than me will be so as as invested and interested in movies <laughs> as, right. as I Right,
1: exactly. it's, kind of, it's funny because the, it's, I don't to say, cause this is a terrible kind of attitude to have, but there's a lot of stuff that has become like photographs, sort of cheapened by the fact that. It seems like everything's, you know, everyone can do it or everyone can, you know, now, you know, think of how many photographs we have we mm-hmm. have now. Or even like I was saying, when I was young, it was very difficult to find images of paintings. Mm-hmm. I didn't live. I didn't live near a museum and I couldn't drive. How do I get how do I see art? When I'm, you know, 11 years old at my parents' house, there's only one way, and that is a book or going to a library and getting a book. And nowadays, it's just like you just get on the internet and click, you know, contemporary painting or or Renaissance painting or whatever, and then it's just like you've just got all these images. And I I hate saying it, sort of cheapens it, but in a way, it sort of cheapens not the image, but maybe the experience of it because it's just like it's so easy. It's like you don't have to really do much. And yet, young people, sorry, young people, but they almost. It almost seems like they think that takes too much effort. Like mean, my kids mm-hmm. would be sitting at a computer. I did homeschool with them for a while, and they'd be sitting at a computer, and then they'd be like, "Hey, mom, how do you spell whatever word?" And I'd be thinking, "You're sitting at a computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier to ask me than to like type it out." <laughs>
0: Uh, what you said just made me think of something, which is, I mean, slightly embarrassing, but just like you said, I mean, like you know, you go to Instagram, you do hashtag contemporary painting, and then the vast majority of the exercise is using your thumb to just whoosh by dozens and dozens of these images that that you're it will never make contact with your retina. You know, it's just like it's these people's work, this people's passion that in like other circumstances hours, either yeah either, decades, you know, either published to the page or, or hanging up on a wall and you're just whooshing by them and they're just, you know, this this okay. wash of pixels going by. Yeah. And you'll never see okay. it. And then even if you do stop on one, it's this, you know, this tiny, tiny little image that's kind of glowing in your palms or whatever. It's not not the right. same as obviously going the
1: same at all. When you see it in person, I mean, when you're talking about looking at things, you know, this small on a screen and then maybe they're, you know, maybe they're only 8 by 10, but maybe they're, you know, 8 by 10 feet, you know, and you mm-hmm. squish things down and they get tighter and the colors coming through the screen, which is yeah. is making them glow and real paintings don't really glow in that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's funny, I had someone react to a painting that way, they they came, they saw my paintings online and then they saw them in person they were kind of like physical, like, wow, they don't really look like they do online. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. right Not emanating from (laughs) (laughs) a screen. But so it's interesting. People have an interesting perspective on um, when they see something online and then when they do see it in real life. And I try and explain to people, people don't look the same either. When Mm -hmm. you see them online on a screen or even in a photo and you are with them in real life, they look different because it does something. And all the Um, automated, automated, when you take a picture, um, uh, our devices just assume everyone's an idiot, and they automatically make them better. And yeah. I'm always looking. Oh, I always shut that off on my phone or on my camera. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm still, I'm still never getting used to that. When I see myself in a mirror, you know, you're kind of turned on your y axis. I mean, someone takes a photo of you, you know, you yeah. see yourself as everyone else sees you. And it's like, you know, again, like to, to your own brain, you're not rehearsed and seeing your face in that orientation. It's always like very disturbing. Right. but yeah. um, Or your but
1: voice, hearing your own voice.
0: Oh yeah. That's also a disaster. It's yeah. That's, it's really, really crazy. I mean, my, my voice in my own head is, is much deeper than my voice is in reality. And so anytime I hear myself, I'm just like, who's that, you know, 13 uh, year old boy you're talking to. And like, "Oh, it's you. I'm like, Oh no. Like <laughs> I thought I was a distinguished gentleman, but uh, <laughs> just, just speaking of the scales, you know, honestly, it's kind of funny when you go to museums, because I always, for some reason, when you see great works of art, being published or in in movies or something like that i always imagine them to be big 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 and then it's funny because sometimes you'll go to the museum and a painting that you didn't know was going to be such large scale is large scale and i mean there's this there's this completely undeniable emergent property when a work of art is large that's, you know, it's just this kind of encompassing thing. And then it's kind of funny because sometimes I feel a little disappointed when other works of art are very small. And if if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Starry Night that I got to see one time. I think it was in New York and I saw it and it was just like very small. And also like the way people were reacting to it in the context, like people were taking pictures of it, but it just, it didn't get the reverence that you would right. kind of imagine the painting would, and it was such a strange context to see it because I, I didn't know it was it was that scale, and people were just somewhat nonchalant about it, and it was this very, um, I don't know, this kind of soggy uh, experience with this painting, and I just remember being like, not not what I expected. I expected it to be like a very big ordeal. Uh huh.
1: Well, so again, that's the cheapness of it. It's almost more like. It's just that it's sort of also the autopilot thing. It's like, well, we're supposed to see starry night. It's one mm. of these things. We have to go see it click there. Now we can prove we went to see it. Okay. That's checked. It's like your bucket list. And, and there isn't as much thought. And I'm sorry to say this, you know, people can disagree with me, but I do think it sort of is again, when an image becomes iconic too, obviously that's mm-hmm. an icon. That, I mean, starry night. I mean, people I might get flack for this but it's it's kind of bordering on competing with the great wave right it's Mm. just become this sort of um you just see it everywhere it's on shoes it's on bags it's on whatever so I think while I I enjoy that kind of thing and I don't mind that kind of thing like some people do I still think there's a little bit of um is it deprecation I'm not I'm not sure if it's the right word but it sort of does lose the meaning it sort of loses like the the reverence uh, or what right the the peaceful moment that that you might want to be able to have if you're a painter possibly only with this painting when it's in that context it does kind of make it kind of flat and uh, un- uneventful or um sad in a way uh, when you feel it's it's I don't know not appreciated everyone's just kind of,
0: yeah, it's a bit diluted, maybe, or just you
1: know. It it's just like this huge group, and my parents. I haven't been to Europe, and I haven't seen the Mona Lisa or anything. My parents talked about going to see the Mona Lisa, and how difficult it was. It was so crowded, and they mentioned that they were like, "Wow, it was so much smaller than we thought." <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah, I know that so, one's supposed
0: to be very small. Yeah, it's, know, it's just interesting. kind of it's under interesting. your arm, kind of. Pain.
1: People's reactions to you know images that have become iconic and. And yeah, the the idea of the, behind an image being tiny and and online and being huge in real life or vice versa. So it's interesting. Yeah, sometimes I'll post a painting. I'll make a little tiny, just itty bitty painting, and then when I put it on Instagram, I'm like, wait, it's bigger than it is.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: in real life, and that that doesn't work.
0: So yeah,
1: I, I like. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to look this big on somebody's computer screen because it's actually in real life only this big, and I I'll get frustrated with stuff like that. So I
0: uh, yeah. can't
1: control it. So.
0: with that I let for, it go. For quite a while, I was um, just doing little tiny studies that were, if I'm not mistaken, three by five, something like that. I bought this giant okay. thing of like little panels or whatnot. And um, I was just painting those like every night to practice and posting them. And uh, I can't remember. I guess I was speaking to someone maybe i was going to put my work somewhere or someone who was interested and uh and then when i told them i was like all those paintings you're referencing are like you know the size of my palm they're like oh, they were like oh my god like you know they they had assumed that they were you know much larger uh scale but i was like no no they're they're all very small but yeah the phone lies to you unless you read the little details i post there um <laughs> but 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 yeah speaking of impact i also spoke to artist um uh, Karim hamid and he was, he told a story of going to the louvre as a boy and that, you know, his family was kind of marching their way along to see the Mona Lisa. And then he saw it and he was just like, yawn, like, I don't care about this whatsoever. But that right. later in the museum he saw, I can't recall which painting exactly, but but a larger scale painting by Caravaggio. It was just saying that, like, you know, when he went there, the big plan was to be, you know, you're kind of going to pay respect to the Mona Lisa, but he's like, I didn't care about that at all. But instead I saw this this other painting, which which luckily did strike him at the time. Yeah. But um yeah, and then it, when you when you talk about that um the amount of exposure we allow certain artifacts to have that that they're they're great artifacts and then we kind of um do our self and our our culture a disservice by overproducing them or overexposing them, it, it almost reminds me of the different sort of, of rules in religion. I feel like Catholicism is somewhat loose with that. They're okay with images being replicated quite a bit, obviously, not in the exact same context or something like that. But then there's other religions where it's like, you do not replicate this at all, like, in you know, maybe not right. at all. Or if you do, maybe it's only in this one environment, etc. Again, Catholicism plays almost almost too loose with that i remember growing up in saints being like Pokemon cards and there was all just a million right. of them <laughs> they did all right. sorts of things and it was like okay right. but uh, just but want to yeah represent
1: this. Just want to represent that
0: yeah 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 but but sometimes certain certain um Certain demos and certain cultures can definitely grow attentive to not trying to dilute an image and, and and making little rules of how much you are allowed to see it or in what kind of context you're allowed to see it and and yeah I guess you know the internet and, and Instagram have have really made that difficult with appreciating certain images.
1: And I, well, I think the other there's another side of that where I feel like they also are sort of like I don't call it a doorstop. I'm not sure what to call it, but it's almost like there's a lot of people that are like, oh wow, have. Good paintings been made since since then? It's like yes. Mm, yes, we yeah. have and a number of people are like, right? Oh, there's been no no painter since Rembrandt has any any worth or value. You know, there's all these little small groups or factions that kind of want to put a, a line or demarcation where great art stopped being made. Yeah. And now everything that's made is just junk. And I just I I, I don't uh, believe that. I don't I think it's kind of crazy. When you think about the amount again, back to the amount of people. The amount of people we have, I mean. Um, while genius is extremely rare um the population there are other people of artistic genius maybe they're not painting right now right maybe they're doing something different mm-hmm. but it, it just statistically or ratio wise there are definitely more genius creatives walking the planet than there were back when Rembrandt was alive in the 1600s when there was what I don't know a million people eight hundred thousand people on there I don't back somebody can correct me later and say there was more or less than that but it's now we've got seven billion so how is it possible that when you're talking about that amount of more people you're going to say oh you know there's not been any more artistic genius or intelligent work being done since then it's just it's it's kind of preposterous really to think that yeah so, but yeah that's what people know they know rembrandt Picasso, but you know it's just the the, the standard ten or whatever <laughs> every yeah. people
0: And I suppose one of the one of the issues is that, you know, genius or bodies of work that, again, reach that type of level of just kind of um, it's so popular culture that, that this is masterwork. These are all things that have to get filtered through type of temporal deduction. So it's hard for them to be contemporary people. You know, it's it's easier when several people hand it down over generation. And it's also it takes a certain amount of, I think, attention and study and also a type of bravery to kind of point at someone contemporarily and say, no, this is this is a masterpiece. Like This person is producing masterwork now. You know, it, you have to be fairly bold to try and point that out now. But again, if someone just says, uh, you know, Guernica rules, you go, okay, sure. You know, like there's no, right. nothing, nothing's on the <laughs> line me. I can agree. Everybody's <laughs> already It's yeah. the same, it's the same so, And
1: the, the, it's true though. It's hard to say now because you don't, you don't really know what's going to have staying power. And mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's the problem is people want to go with, you know, what is uh, tried and true. It's like, mm-hmm. that's people are very safe saying. Rembrandt was a great painter. Where they don't feel as safe saying some contemporary person is. So yeah, it's, it, it's,
0: and then I also wonder, you know, because you were just talking about it from a statistical standpoint of, of there's more people and and thusly more artistic. Potential, and then I wonder about what type of environmental um, situations might be necessary to tap that artistic potential. And so, you know, you, you talked about Rembrandt. Rembrandt coming from a type of uh, context that no one alive now can imagine, in in the certain things that would persuade him to to do that sort of work. And then the other thing that that comes to mind immediately is there. You know, you're talking about your 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 daughter in Portland specifically being so liberated to kind of pursue what it is she wants to pursue and that kind of being in contrast to how your own life was at her age and the okay. n- population of the planet between those two points in time shouldn't be radically different. Um, but even if we just if we just pretended that they were virtually the same, um, you know, maybe maybe because of the the context your daughter gets to live in that kind of talent will be allowed to kind of blossom into that work. So you know, even even if even if um, again, even if populations are fluctuating, maybe the populations have to pass through, or, or just more genius gets to percolate um, independent of population in certain contexts. And again, so I, I don't know if where Rembrandt came from was better or worse than where we were in the mid 1900s or or where we are will be in the mid 2000 uh, the mid 20th century etc but um but yeah no i i do wonder i, I wonder again also what you talked about with, with instagram and scrolling and people's attention and this and that and and what it means to produce a good piece of painting now you know i guess a lot of things that are that are um regarded as master masterworks at one time had to be something that struck some sort of papal court. And now it's, it's not like that at all. It has to be Um, what, what makes the best album cover. It's
1: a different papal court.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that is really interesting. I I mean, like I, I, it'll be really, really fascinating to see who kind of sticks by the time I'm, an old man and, and even right? what that what that even means to to stick by the time i'm an old man you know like it it it, it must mean something different by then.
1: again but with, with all the people it's almost like you can have so many different um i'm gonna say branches or threads or veins or it's just um you can be rembrandt in one vein and then there's another vein where, you know, just because of all the different types of art, right? There's abstraction. There was no abstraction back mm-hmm. then. Oh,
0: there's
1: yes. conceptual art. There's, you know, people doing all kinds of different things. There's new things being invented. And, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge fan of poor art, but I think that any type of thing that people discover or start doing could be turned into an art form uh, depending on how they use it, right? I feel like you can develop anything into an art form if you get serious and, and, and kind of, uh, interested in it enough. Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's just, again, the the number of people around, the number of creative people and the types of different ways we have to be creative. I mean, now we can have, you know, design a computer to carve something that we design in a computer-aided drafting program or something. So, and some people say, oh, well, that's that's not art. Well, I, you know, I actually disagree. I think that it can be an art form. So You've got all that to put into it. So back back when there was really kind of only paint, and there was no photography. Even mm-hmm. you know, people are like, how do people do that? And I always say they didn't have Netflix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
0: um, different. It's just different. W- w- and what what you just mentioned is, is something that I've I, I think I've probably mentioned on every conversation that I've had now. But uh, it's it's one of the things that I find so enjoyable about how you render your images is um, that it's so clearly not photography and so clearly not attempting to capture what photography captures. Um, Yeah. It's, it's again, and I, I don't have the vocabulary to describe it, but you know, it is, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's loose painting. It's, um, I, I'm not sure if you use the word impressionistic painting but it's not it's it's something other than direct reality you know it's clearly the image it is people can identify what it is but it's it's something that exists beyond again what communicates um, with the eyes in, in the norm in the kind of Earthly dimension there um and, and I like it very much and again the, the other conversations I've had have just been about a, a, a slight I, I mean I, I guess criticism sounds a bit harsh but it is unusual bit to me sometimes when people seem to aim for photography or, or, or photorealism or, or a, a realism in painting beyond uh, simply for exercise only because right. it seems like such a it's funny too because the people who do it are always people who are so clearly radically skilled and technical <laughs> it's always just like why yeah why do you why yeah. do you do that like you know like because there's there's great photographers and and they're going to they're going to capture what it is you're trying to capture now like you know let let loose and add, and that add something else to that image, but uh, but yeah, how, how did is is the style in which you paint now something that you kind of landed on or started approximating quite a while I ago? Just
1: developed it just developed slowly over time, and I I did a lot of back and forth. So when I was really young, I was interested in you know naturalistic or realistic looking stuff, and then I got into um, kind of cartoony bold colors. I got into mm. You know, I learned about you know Le B, Bonard, Vuillard. My my kind of teacher, mentor, kind of got me into that. Um, you know, and that was still pretty young. It was you know because I'd done the gritting and trying to be realistic with pencil in high school. And then when I was in college, they tried they every tried to knock that out of me. They're like, you know, we know you can kind of make something look like it's real. Stop doing that. And I was like, oh okay. You know, I was kind of willing to experiment. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I got into just using color and making weird color paintings that had nothing to do with you know reality and um but i missed i missed for some reason um just the observation part of it i really like observing and Mm. people say you don't really observe because i work largely from photos you're not observing you're looking at a photo well i'm still observing the photograph and i took the photograph in most instances that i'm working from and i know the people that i'm painting from real life and i encounter them so um i feel like it's uh yeah, it's a, it's just developed from all the different things that I've done and it's sort of a mishmash. Somebody wanted me once to to talk to their students about my process and I said, well, I don't, I don't really have a process. Like there's no step-by-step process that I follow and then I never heard from them again. <laughs> so, Cuz they wanted me to say I do A, then I do B and then I do C and I don't I don't work that way. Mm. I like, how do you start a painting? I'm like, well, first off, you know, I look through, I usually look through all my photographic references. Sometimes I'm there for hours and like, just, just, just pick, pick one already. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I have to feel it. So yeah. it'll hit me and I'll think, okay, that's the one I want to work with. And um, then I just start by, you know, what area of this image struck me the most what made me feel something the most deeply like what what yeah so I gotta paint that red first and so that's what I'll start with so it's I don't start any particular way mm-hmm. um it's always hard for me to do framing because I'm kind of like I'll find an image and I'll find just a scrap of canvas and I'll tack it up somewhere or a scrap of paper and then I'll start doing it and then I'll realize so oh, this is not like standard saw yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> how am I gonna how am I gonna mount this on anything so it's really more willy nilly than planning. I don't do a ton of planning, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. So it's hard to describe to people because they really want people really like a very strict definition of what you're doing because they want to be. So I, I I taught a class recently and I was showing a bunch of images and uh, someone pointed to one and they said, "I want to make that one <laughs> in a class." And I'm like, "You want to make that one?" Mm-hmm. I was like, that's, "That's not really how it works." Yeah, like I can't I can't show you how to make that particular image because yeah, yeah. i can't even, i can't even make it again so you run into that kind of thing where i think people have and I, i'm sorry I'm, again i'm going to get myself in hot water here but it kind of like paint and soap you know? oh sure
0: yeah no i know exactly what you mean you know, i know exactly it's kind
1: of people go in and they're like oh i all i have to do is they're going to tell me to put blue down and then they're going to say now paint this red and they're going to say you know you know paint you know now stick this stencil on and paint pink and peel it off and there there's your image and it's like that's it, it takes a lot of work sometimes to get through to some people that that's actually not what, you know, most painters are not, that's not what they're doing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's uh it's clearly a very kind of, um, it, and I'm not, I'm not, again, um, I, I'm not trying to say anything derogatory, but it's clearly a very amateurish question, you know, sure, it's, 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 someone, yeah, like, it's someone who's it's either on stuff. the very beginning of being a student yeah. or someone yeah. who okay. probably will not. Definitely not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or someone who who might not ever really pursue painting in the way that it it's ever taken seriously it, from an individual kind of perspective. It really but,
1: comes from being beginners, and here's where the autopilot part also comes in, or just kind of the, I don't want to call it brainwashing really, but um, you know, when I t- have, teach classes, they, I really my goal is really to change your uh, what you, uh, your idea, what you think painting is, because hmm. um, I've taught a lot of beginners and. Every you know, a lot of them have the same kind of stuff that they have to work on. Um, that, you know, in the in the context of naturalism or that kind of thing, which is usually what the classes are about. And and you know, trouble seeing values, right? Trouble seeing. And you know, you say that, and they're like, "What do you mean? I can see." You yeah, know, I can see. And it's like it's it's seeing things in a particular way, though. It's being able to identify what you see. And I always tell people, listen, we're we're. We're naturally trained or brought up, you know, from, you know, eons ago and the stuff that already exists in us when we're born to, you know, identify things really quickly and move on so we don't get killed. Like, that's a tiger. I got to run. That's it. we are. not You know, you can't stare at the tiger for too long and identify all those values because he will eat you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so our brain is really geared toward identifying things. as what they are. That's a cup. That's a chair. And we know what the symbol is, you know, the mm-hmm. smiley face. So people get it's very difficult for people to see, like oranges are yellow. So I'm like, yeah, you need, but the but the shadow, because the way, the way the light is, is actually green. And it gets, it's so hard for them to mix up a green to put on an orange, the yeah. fruit. They're like, They're, but oranges are orange. And so again, there's a disconnect. They're really, the, the way where our brain is trying to stay safe and be able to identify what's edible and things completely thwarts us being able to see, to paint, the, the the actual what we're visually seeing with no reference to it is I was I always say try and see like a baby like you don't mm. know what anything is you don't know that's a chair what's it actually what's it visually look like interesting so, well perception right it's how the brain works as far as telling us something so we can act and really just you know, looking at it and pondering and asking, what is the color? What is the shade? Is the yeah. art edge hard or soft? You know, those, those things.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, again, and w- what you're talking about is something that, again, I've heard other artists mention and it's again, it's something I've, I've talked about before, but um, that, that really was, and I think I, I, this is what I mentioned before is that there needs to be a slightly serious type of uh, studio art in kind of primary education. Because there's something so, um, I'm not sure if the word is like like epiphanal or something like that. But but when I, I only started kind of drawing and painting just a few years ago. And when you do this, it is really, I think the first time, again, if you're going to take it seriously. And that's when I mentioned about, I can understand why people want to aim for realism or photorealism as a type of um as a type of study, in a way, but right. uh, it, it's it's the only time in your life where, just like you said, you you put your observation to a real test, and you're yeah. and you're trying to make you're trying to hold it up to a reference, and you immediately realize that you don't know truly what things look like, at least to the extent where you can regurgitate them with symbol in your hand, and right. um, you know, it, just like you said, like you you see an image and your brain releases some chemical that says be satisfied you see it don't worry all right you got it you know what that is you know what that looks like move on to the right. next task at hand and then when you want to be when you want to start recreating images then then you have to then you start putting that product kind of on paper again and you go, oh my lord! Like I cannot actually—I've never noticed. I've never actually paid attention or observed this. Observed this before? Again, to the extent that I can recreate it, which is a different dimension of the knowledge of what you're saying. Um, but it is—it's funny. And right when you started saying what you said, you described, or at least you use the word "observe." And all the artists I think I've talked to so far use this exact word very quickly. Right. Um, You know, they're, they're observers, you know, Um, and that's, that's really, really interesting. And I wonder, I wonder what's up with that nature and how many other people who do things beyond painting would reach for that description as quickly as, as possible painters do. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there are, are other ones, but I mean, it, it must just be a type of person and a type of nature to so quickly describe oneself as I'm an observer and right. this is what I do about it. You know,
1: well, even if I'm not, even when I'm not, and then I came to this, you know, when I was thinking, oh, when I was doing other work that wasn't, didn't, I didn't have to observe something to do, just drawing out of your head or whatever people call it. You know, it, it dawned on me much later in life that I was still observing because I'm observing what I'm doing. I'm observing what is happening on the paper and I'm trying to understand how do I want, do I want to alter it? And if I alter it, what's it going to do? So I have a really strange way of describing composition to people in my classes. And that is I take a glass and I set it comfortably on a table where it's not going to spill or fall off or do anything. And I say, Hey, you know, how does that make you feel? And, you know, Mm -hmm. people are confused because they always think it's a trick question and I'm trying to get them to say, Oh, you need to move it over rule of thirds. It's like, no, that's not what that's about. And then I take the cup and I set it half on the table and just enough on the edge. So it isn't going to fall off, but it is largely, looks like it's going to fall off the table. And I don't know about anyone else, but that gives me a very uncomfortable feeling seeing Mm -hmm. that a glass sitting on a table where it's going to, you know, you feel like your instinct is you got to push it over. It's about to fall off. It's going mean, to just slightly above the table. It's going to fall off and break. That to me is composition. Composition is how do you feel when you look at it? Are you feeling uncomfortable? Are you feeling calm? Are you feel, you know, what are you feeling when you look at something? Because we definitely feel things when we see stuff. And there, I think there's a big disconnect in society, perhaps only Western society, where We don't pick up on how we're feeling when we see things, except for unless it's a sunset, right? Or or a a pile of stinky garbage in an alleyway. But if it's in the middle and it's just kind of normal everyday stuff, I'm not so sure people are really, um, at least they're not thinking about it. They're feeling it. but There's a disconnect between them bringing it up in the forefront of their brain so that they can work on it in their painting. So there's Mm -hmm. one book, and I can't remember who wrote it, but basically it was, if you can't You know, you have to feel it before you can paint it. If you can't feel it, you're never really going to be able to paint it. Um, I don't want to say properly, I don't like words like that, but let's just use it anyway. properly. You're not going to be able to um, evoke it in your work. So, Mm. um, you know, right, because I have a weird sense of humor. Um, You know, imagine Jeffrey Dahmer trying to make a painting that's, you know, makes somebody feel good. It's not not doable.
0: When you say that, the thing that kind of comes to mind or the the little thing that popped in my head is sometimes in um, in kind of discourse, they use a term called the Overton window about what is allowed to be said. And once it leaves the Overton window, it becomes so provocative that it must trigger something, you know, trigger a type of, you know, uh, disagreement or something like this. And and, and what you just described about simply feeling reminds me of an extraordinarily wide Overton window of image and if it falls into that Overton window we don't we don't give ourselves the kind of we don't we don't um we don't it doesn't we don't fall into that system of let me contemplate let me feel something now it has to go one way or the other it has to either be the sunset or it has to be you know um you know the house on fire or something like that um but but yeah, but exactly. virtually virtually yeah. everything else falls in the middle and we don't we don't contemplate it enough. But yeah, that's really interesting. I, I know I've used language before to try to describe what I, the feelings that I try to put in my own painting, but but you saying that I think I should think about it more and try to actually kind of write a little bit out about what it is I like about the paintings that I've done that I do like. Um, it's
1: a good thing to do. I think. I think that there's a lot, and I think that again, I don't like critique or the word critique really. And I guess the part that I don't like about it is the whole uh, part of it, whereas it's, it's the assessment. You know, I think of assessment as being it's it's either good or bad. So mm. um, I like analysis or something better, but. Um, yeah it's good too and I spend a lot of time doing that a lot of times people I'll be sitting in my studio my paintings behind the computer as so I'm looking over there I'm looking at my painting now and I'll just look at it and people will you know come through in my old life when I lived with people and it's they think you're relaxing or or just doing nothing but you're I'm actively like working on my painting in my mind while I'm staring mm-hmm. at it and asking myself those questions well if the way that line is, you know, if it was slightly up or slightly down or slightly softer, how would that change in the way that that what people feel when they see it? And people are so used to just wanting to identify things that that's what I mean when I talk about the loss of the feeling or understanding what they're feeling. It's like they're just so used to going, oh, it's a frog. It's a tree. It's a like people largely buy art, I feel like, based on the subject matter and mm. not about the way the colors work together like the beauty of these colors working together so I work with um the uh, hawthorne's idea of you know color spots when I'm teaching my classes and a lot of people have a hard time getting it because they don't just want to put a blob of color down you know they want to render something mm. and it's, don't render don't don't be rendering yet that's not <laughs> really what the, that's really when you look at something and for instance when you look at a sunset you're not you are thinking it's a sunset, but we're all moved by the colors of it. Mm-hmm. We're moved by and the and also what it means. You know, the sun's going down. Pretty soon it'll be dark. Now the tigers are gonna show up and we're gonna die. Mm-hmm. We gotta go we gotta get in the house now or whatever. Um, but so that's what I try and get people to think on is don't don't choose things because it's an identifiable object that you like. Um, I saw there's some lady that got really really wealthy selling Ted Lasso stickers. I thought it was Mike the Pillow Guy because I'd never seen Ted Lasso. I thought her stickers mm. were Mike the <laughs> Pillow Guy. I was wondering why she was doing stickers of Mike the Pillow Guy and why they were so popular. But anyway, um, so that kind of thing. And people are like, wow, people really love your art. And it's like, do they love her art or do they love Ted Lasso? No shame oh. on the person. It's yeah. great to have that kind of fun stuff. I have stickers of mushrooms and all kinds of silly, goofy Pokemon characters and mm-hmm. stuff for fun. But. Um, I think that that's it people are looking for you know it's like uh my friend likes coffee so oh there's a painting of a coffee mug I'll buy it because it's a painting of a coffee mug and there's that's what I mean about the disconnect it's like right but is it what does it make you feel other than mm-hmm. it's a coffee mug right the, the yeah. whole thing of oh it looks like a hand okay is that what like I don't want people to look at my painting and go Oh, she painted sheets and then just walk away. Right. I want people to go, <laughs> I want people to go, whoa, that's like, really, why can't I stop looking at that painting? Like, I, I don't even care if people know why they're looking at a painting if they can't stop looking at it and they're somehow moved by it for some reason. Even if they can't identify the feeling, um, it, it's still, you know, something to impart something to people or it makes them stop even for a moment in the super, super fast-paced world, <laughs> even mm-hmm. just to get someone to pause for a second on your stuff is like today is like amazing really because people just don't do it
0: uh, from hearing what you said i'm curious do you ever do commissions
1: yeah i've done commissions i don't consider it that now sometimes i don't consider a commission my work because mm. a lot of the people i feel like that not all but some of the people that have commissioned me are very particular like mm-hmm. they tell me how to do it and what to change and i almost feel like you want to paint a painting through me like mm-hmm. you want to make painting, but you can't. So you're going to hire me and then you're telling me how to do everything. Well, I don't feel like that's my work.
0: Interesting. I feel like
1: it work through me and I try not to put that work online. And usually you know, private commissions, I'm not going to put online of other people. But sometimes I someone wants me to paint them and I just get to do it any way I want. It's all right. But I'm always worried about how people react to how I've painted them. hmm not always po- not always
0: positive Yeah, no i know exactly what you mean i mean i i i'm i just got hired yesterday to do a commission before that i've not done commissions in maybe 12 months i i i'd never been super keen on it but i was doing it there for a while and it's just so stressful and yes. so unfun compared to normal yes. painting because normal painting is is painful in a way anyways it's already a type of drudgery for me so <laughs> so when someone says will you paint my beautiful wife and if she doesn't look like the angel she is I'm going to be mad at you Hi. I go oh no like I don't want that I don't want to do that at all but uh, but yeah sure. I just got I just got. Uh, I made. A, I made a stupid luxury purchase recently, and so someone asked me to paint uh, a cow, a very particular breed of cow that uh, an acquaintance of their of theirs farms, uh, or, or however you you describe that. And uh, so I'll be doing that. But um, but yeah, no, I do. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it doesn't it kill me, but uh, it should be fairly interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you made a, a mention earlier about um. Just the different kind of episodes of images you were producing. And I was wondering if you have an archive that's like available.
1: Yeah, it's on Flickr.
0: It, and is is that like, for example, if I go onto your Instagram, am I gonna find a sequence of links to get there?
1: No, because Instagram is, is stingy with links.
0: Okay. Can so I, just I
1: can give you a lot. <laughs> I so, can so, give you-
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do that. But for anyone listening, if you just Googled Amy share Flickr, they'd find it.
1: If you, yeah, if you Google Amy share, images will come up, and some of them you'll see a link to Flickr, and then you'll be able to find it. And I probably have, I don't know how many paintings I have up there, and some are repeat images or, um, there's images that are like of the process that I had. My process has changed into mm-hmm. a no process, but I have images where it shows an actual process and there's like stages of a painting. So there's useful things like that on it. But yeah, it'll go back a ways and some people are going to be pretty surprised. I think Interesting. it's something the stuff they see that I've done, so some of it's very bad, but I decided just to leave it up because it's I think it's kind of disingenuous to hide all of your bad work. I mean, I throw mm-hmm. most of it out, but let's face it, we all make terrible, terrible work. I still make, yeah, terrible
0: yeah I know, I know exactly yeah. you that's what you mean. That's I mean, right. that's, that's pretty much what I do, and then every now and then, that's there's hard, something that's passable, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll never, I, I always love it. There's, there tends to be, you know, I don't teach a ton, but I teach, I've taught on and off for, for, you know, 10 years or so now. And it, it never surprises me. Every once in a while, there's a student that, that comes in and they'll, you know, they've never painted before, but they want to paint a portrait mm. <laughs> and they come in and I try and help them through the best I can. And then it, it, it never fails. Some one person will go, wait, this is, wait, this is hard. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh you you, uh, you made a mention that right now you're you you made a a comment that previously you had a process and now you describe your process as no process. And then also, you mentioned that for seven years you've been living in like a new a new mm-hmm. episode of your life. Um, yes. is, is is does your artistic process, is there anything about this seven year episode that defines what you do artistically now? Like, did, did your process change in total? Like you just, your whole life, including painting roughly seven years ago or.
1: Right. I don't think that. Okay. So it was, you know, I got, I got a divorce and, um, you know, moved into a new chapter and, um, that didn't change my process. I mean, that's I guess I would say that through all kind of the tumultuous stuff in life, painting is kind of the steadfast thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing that kind of kept its it's kept its, you know, trajectory. And although, you know, I have painted a lot of different things, I can I could thread them all together. I can tell you a why I this looks so different, but how it, you know, influenced some other thing that seems the polar opposite of it. But um no, I think that what it did change was I was talking with someone recently and they said, you really like to paint small and on paper. And I was like, no, I don't like painting small and on paper. That's I have to paint small and on paper because my life got much, much smaller. You know, mm-hmm. I used to have a bigger studio. I used to have money where I supplies weren't a huge issue. I used to have, you know, and now I don't anymore. So it's mm-hmm. like now supplies are harder to afford. And you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, I'd love to paint a big painting, but you go on, you know, to paying $400 for just a support to do your painting on. It's yeah. like, just very, it's difficult. So I do a few large paintings from time to time, but so it changed it in that way. I mean, people always act like, oh, well, if you're the real deal, no matter what your life is like, you'll just, make exactly the kind of art that you're you, you should be making and nothing will stop you and i just think it's kind of a load of hogwash to put on someone and to say yeah. that if you're not making artwork exactly how you want then that's that's a somehow a failing on your part it's like well life circumstances definitely dictate people's lives a lot you know like if you're a long distance runner and you lose your legs in a car accident that's going to yeah. jam up a little bit so you know divorce jams people up a little bit for sure and it definitely changed it changed the size that I would like to work it changed like I don't have as much room to store things and um things like that so that's how it changed my work it didn't change it in what the what I'm painting Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah that's that's (laughs) like
0: it, it, it's it, that's an interesting the, the the criticism that you mentioned about saying that you know your your work should always be it should go beyond the confines of what's reasonable for your life that that's an inter- interesting criticism to me just because i feel like it's not something anyone would even want to thrust on like a musician per se or or like wine grapes you know what i mean like it's it's something that it's like um, it, it seems completely reasonable and and like something something that's uh, that people would want um, to be true that that an artist's life and circumstances in a way do affect their work not in the sense that um, it uh, snuffs it out but like you know I, I, I mean like I, again I, I find it fairly interesting what you just said, that 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 because your workspace now is smaller and that the amount of money you want to put into your more common pieces, the budget is it has shrunk a bit. It's like now I work on small scale paper. It's like that that's that's interesting to me, especially you know, if someone could see everything that you've produced in a vector like that, that would be a fascinating um a fascinating turn in character that that, that coincides with the circumstances of your life. So that's unusual, I feel like. But luckily, no one has. Well,
1: and the size doesn't determine what I'm interested in painting. I'm still painting the same way that I would. I'm still kind of became interested in, I think, the same subject matter or, you know being interested in, you know, perceptual painting and, and and having it not be, you know, highly realistic and highly detailed and sort of moving closer to what I feel like is abstraction. Um, you can do that on with a small format. It's mm-hmm. it's not exactly the same. And again, sometimes people you put it online, some people think it's not four by five inches, but four by five feet. So yeah. in a way you can say, is there a difference? So I guess online kind of evens artists out in that mm-hmm. way that everybody's just looking at the same size, everybody's piece is the same yeah, size, that's,
0: right? That's, so it's that's
1: not, true. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of does because I have had people comment, oh, wow, I thought that was bigger or I thought that was, or when they see something or or they'll see a big one that I've done, I'll be like, wow, I didn't know you painted that large and that kind of thing. So it's it's, it's so inter- also interesting. That, um,
0: that, that is very interesting. So I suppose, I, I guess the 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 line for that is uh, on the internet, all artists paint by six inches diagonal
1: right basically that's how it's done you know so kind of kind of interesting
0: um one other thing that i, I forgot to ask was I, did you say that you did you go all the way through an art college or did you stop no, i'm a
1: dropout yeah i'm a big time so out. i what, took, all my, took all my art classes first and i didn't want to do the other stuff okay like it, and even my brother and he's he's a he studied Im- immunology at, uh, and a, a lot of different things. Anyway, he's he's had a really great career in science. And even when he was like, we were talking about math, and he was like, talking about how rabid some of the parents from Palo Alto are about having their kids, you know, why aren't they in the the higher end math class and how can they get there and how adamant it was. And he was like, you know, he's a scientist. He's like, I'm like, I don't even really understand why I had all the math I had. versus a scientist talking about like, math and stuff like that and so i kind of early on it wasn't again it was like oh why did you make that choice and then to me it wasn't a choice it was just like i took all my art classes i was like chemistry man i don't want to learn chemistry Mm -hmm. i don't don't care about learning this or that so i just didn't do it and then i was like you know i'd get academic probation i'd get great grades in art and f's and everything else and it would like tweak my tweak my gpa so i just so i just left it's like i'll go somewhere else
0: yeah, I, I completely hear you. I don't um I, I don't advocate for people to, who go into college to drop out of college per se, but no. what I will say I is that it, it, it <laughs> is what I will say is if, if a person is so superstitious as to not understand what college is to appreciate why if you were to onboard all the knowledge of the classes that you were interested in up front and then rightfully drop out as to not waste your time. If a person can't grapple with that model, then they're... they're less suited to grapple with the rest of life past college you know i I think college is a radically it's like a sacrament this type of you know it is radically um superstitious Thing and again, it's it's very um, it's very advantageous for certain people. But I, I, in my own life, I think that nine out of ten people that I meet who did or did not go to college seemingly don't understand college or at least revere it to the extent where I wonder what they think about things beyond college. But 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 what you just said again, like I think that what I what I mean to say is that if you were. If you had a a wise person and an unwise person go into school, and someone said someone just dropped out, was it the wise person or the unwise person? Most people would go, it was the unwise person. But I don't think that's obvious at all. And, and I think that you know you, there can be a person who is wise or a person who is knowledgeable whose models of the world transcend that that um, that kind of hollow dance of being like I know I now must go all the way through this education, for, for what reason? I just described to you why I can drop out now. I just, I went here for this very particular reason, I got it, and now I'm gone. What do you what do you want from me? I don't have to go through your pantomimes, I'm, I'm out of here.
1: People are upset that I don't have the paper. And so again, I'm kind of a little bit of a, a you know, I don't know, rebel something in in those terms. And that that, um, the paper, an MFA doesn't make you a good painter.
0: Mm-hmm. Painting does again. So. Really, well, so. I was going to say, really, it's only only someone like your father, essentially, is only kind of is one of a very few type of people who'd be like, here's this paper. It it very makes it makes a lot of sense why I needed this and why I needed so much tutelage and to go through this very particular thing. But no, it's become something like a a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, this again, this uh, again, the superstition that surrounds. Uh, I guess you call it tertiary education or anything like that. But, um, you know, you're saying sometimes people want the paper. And I think for the vast majority of jobs, if someone were to apply and the employer who, who didn't make it very, who didn't um, roll their eyes with you on the technicality of why they needed the paper. But if, if an employer was making it very serious, I need this piece of paper. I feel like it's more so a criticism of them. Like if, if you're the person who doesn't have the piece of paper, you should be like, what are you a goofball? Like, why do you need that piece of paper so much? Like, here, you know, like, let me just introduce myself and tell you what I have the capacity to do. But also it's it's just peculiar, too, just because just like like your brother said, like, I don't actually need these math skills, et cetera. It's not only that, like, you know, obviously there's a, a foundational education in college to some extent, but whoever whatever job there is, it's like, no, I didn't go to um corning glass company college of doing this middle management job at corning glass like that's not a real school you're about to teach me all of this after you shake my hand can we just kind of cut the bullshit and and let me let me uh, shadow you know
1: right well and i've had i've gotten jobs at schools that require an mfa and somebody even told me i I quit teaching for a while because i got i got Somebody kept pushing me to apply to to teach somewhere. And I looked them over and I said they're even though they're not a you know accredited school, they still required the instructors to have MFAs. And I wrote the person back and I said, they want people with MFAs, they won't hire me. And they said and they were like, Yes, <laughs> yes, they will. Just just go in, just make an appointment and go mm-hmm. see it. And I went in and they did hire me. And, and so I mean it's just a it's just a not for non-for-profit type of place. But um, so there is stuff like that going on where if you don't, and, and that's the, to me, that's my pet peeve with the the education system or even the the paperwork about, especially in the arts. Yes, I would like my surgeon to have a medical. Yeah, yes. But I don't care if the artist I'm buying a painting from has an MFA, if I like the the paintings good. There's no, you know, they're not gonna, you're not gonna kill anybody by making a bad painting. You know, mm. it might hurt, hurt someone's eyes for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: um, well, I, I've taken up quite uh, a decent portion of your time. So I'll wind things down. Um, I guess one of my last questions is, we just kind of stepped into 2024. Do you have kind of anything on your agenda for this year that you want to do or any sort of goal in that way? I mean, involving painting more particularly, but just kind of in general. Oh,
1: well, I have a, the, the space I have here, which you can't see, has a stairwell right in the middle of a, but not very huge room so I'm getting rid of that so I can have a larger open space and I can um yeah so renovating my space a little bit I have a couple shows that are coming up um yeah just now just continuing to paint I'm teaching again so that's kind of fun at a place Mm -hmm. I really dig. and uh so yeah I mean I have things I want to do with my work and again Mm -hmm. though they're not I don't have really super formed out plans like some people might I Mm -hmm. read recently while ago i shouldn't say recently but um about this man and his schedule was full up for he had everything planned for the next in his life for the next seven years all his appointments (laughs) all his engagements everything he was going to do and i was just like i don't even have my the next seven well all right i have the next seven days planned out but i just try and get as much time in the studio as i can and when you're teaching and trying to you know i i'm a diy so when i talk about removing my stairwell i mean i'm i'm removing the stairwell Mm -hmm. so things like that um you know repairing my deck things like that that's what you do when you opt to become a you know live on in the arts and so you know hiring people to do those things is sometimes uh out of the question but so yeah, just things like that, improving my space so I can get more work done and a uh, bigger work. I do want to work larger. I just ordered a big, huge roll of canvas, so it won't be stretched.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> on, just be tacked on the wall. But that's a good way to do it. You roll it up and stick it in a tube. It doesn't take up a lot of space, and then, then you just I just frame them before they go to a show. So it's just that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the the shows you said you have planned are those all in Washington State?
1: There's, yeah, I have. I mean, they're just group shows I'm going to be in. No one's in uh, North Carolina.
0: Interesting. Where in North Carolina?
1: Uh, it's, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it before oh, the galleries. My.
0: Well, but- are you able to say the city or maybe the area it's of North Ashville, Carolina? Asheville. Yeah, Asheville. Asheville. In okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on my social media when it happens. But I always, I'm never sure. It's like, is it okay to talk about a show? I know I can talk about, there's one in Olympia coming up. It's a portrait show or a figurative type show, so...
0: In Olympia, Washington. Very cool. Yeah, I uh, I I live near Asheville, not 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 super close, but fairly close. And I've been meaning to. Yeah, let you know
1: know, when it's happening, and people are like, "Are you going?" And I'm like, "I, I I'm not sure. I might. I'm not. I'm not a huge traveler, which is awesome.
0: Far travel. I think they.
1: Well, people think it's really odd when artists don't travel. I know so many artists who do. You know, they go to Europe and they're going to Spain and they're going and looking at all the great art all over the world. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know, I."
0: I have no idea how they're doing it. I have no I idea. How, Instagram yeah. is the worst for that. I, on Instagram, I feel like yeah. everyone is constantly jet setting and, and globe trotting and so forth. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, but to say, yeah, it's like, I, I don't even do commissions. I just bought a, I bought myself a very entry level watch and now I'm penning cows. Like I, I'm, star- <laughs> star- <laughs> I'm starving over here. How's this yeah. happening?
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a great, that's a great, uh, I, I bought myself a what what did you say again something watch and now I'm painting. Cattle. Yeah yeah
0: yeah it's true I, I've i I've, I've, I've spent myself into a corner, but um, but but but, but thank you so very much uh, for taking the time to chat with me. Um, it was very very interesting. Again there, there's there's a few things here that I have underlined that that I very much want to do. I definitely want to write a bit about what it is I feel about the work that I paint and collect. And I also really much like the line um see like a baby. Uh I'm going to try. Right. I'm going to try right, and
1: but and... my, my mom was actually the one that pointed that out to me, oddly yeah. enough. She was talking about it and not in the context of art, but um just she was like, It's so funny when you watch babies and they're like look like this, they're like mm.
0: their eyes.
1: They're like, Whoa, what's going on? And if you think about it, they don't know what anything is. Yeah, they're, they
0: see everything they're, raw. They're,
1: they're just seeing. That's all they're doing. They don't know it's a lamp.
0: They don't know mm-hmm. you're holding
1: a can, of, a can of beer. They don't know that that's aluminum foil. They're just like, they're seeing the light. They're seeing the shadows. They're seeing the colors. They're seeing, I mean, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't know. They're not identifying it's a chair. It's a whateverness. So mm-hmm. I think it's more a purely visual experience at that point. And we can't remember it. So yeah. it's really just the concept of trying to think that way. Stop. I. I that's the big thing for my students. Like, you know. I, don't, I tell them, if you run across anything on like if you study stuff on YouTube and you run across how to paint an eye, I said, run away, run away. <laughs> the secret to this. And so I always tell people the uh, I'll reveal the big secret. You know, you want to learn how to paint? The big secret, you want to learn how to paint well? The gigantic secret, learning how to paint well is work on your work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely and totally agree. Um, when I started, I just started practicing sketching kind of shortly after I started painting. And uh, just like you mentioned, I was on YouTube and it was always like, try it like this, try it like this, try it like this. And I, I, I went down that rabbit hole for a little bit and I was kind of seeing what I was doing automatically compared to what those people were doing. And what they were doing was rendering things in, in, in I guess, again, a quote unquote better way. But I immediately came to the conclusion that even if the path I was going down wasn't going to create those results, at least it was my own product in in what could be better than that. Like, that's almost the entire point. I mean just for myself, but also for anyone who's going to ever appreciate my work. Like they don't want to see that, like, what do they call it? Like, oh, Nick, he does a great Loomis head. They don't care about that. They want to see, they want to see like, oh, that is, that's, that's Nick. That's, that's the way he renders faces or or so forth. So I I totally agree. I'm
1: totally for anything that gets people aware of art or into art or anything like that. But I think sometimes those things can shut people down. It's like this is the only way to draw an eye. Even told someone told me one time about trying to get Instagram followers, which I don't even I don't try to get followers. It's like, why? I just put yeah. my work up and if people like it and follow me, that's great. But and they were like, this is the only way to do it. You have to do this, and you have to do this, and you have to do this. And I was just like, I this is just ridiculous. would no, this is like totally, like there's only one, the whole idea of like, there's only one way to do get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. so many ways to get where you want to go. So many different paths you could take, you know, and I don't like the expression, <laughs> more than one way to skin a cat, but <laughs> definitely, you know, there definitely is multiple ways to get where you are trying to go. Um so yeah, don't don't just just don't buy into stuff too too readily is I yeah. guess would be my understanding if anybody wants advice from me on that kind of stuff. But um you know be be curious and but question stuff. Question what people are telling you. Question what I'm telling you.
0: Just as much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh seriously.
0: I mean, believe you yeah. Okay.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. You to be curious and question things. And you don't have to question it in a hostile way like it's I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying they can they can kind of thwart again a lot of the things they see where they're like that how to draw this or that they really are drawing the idea of what the thing is. It it's It is sort of cartoonish and it looks like the thing, but it isn't what a naturalistic like, you know, and I what looking down and I from the side and I was, you know, what if, if there's light shining on it? What if the light is obliterating their eyebrow and you don't see it? What if, you know, that's what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. people instead of observing what's actually happening with light and form and and stuff in life because of the way or what type of light it's under, people are just, you know, like someone's like, here's how to paint a lemon. And they didn't even have a lemon. They weren't even looking at a lemon. It was just like, well, you put yellow and it's set diagrams. It's like, when well, you put yellow here and you make this, Little highlight under okay. it, and then right, it's just a step by step, you know, automatically put reflected light of this color under it. Someone even said that to me. So, so shadows are the opposite of the object that you're painting. So, if I'm painting a lemon, my shadow would be purple, right? And it's like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, that's again, that's a so that's a tool that is a sort of a if you do that, it'll look good because you're using complementary colors and all that, that'll make it sort of pop and all that kind of thing. but. No, the shadow could be a different color. What if it's? What if there's? Uh, it's next to a really bright green wallpaper. I mean, it's going to reflect into the shadow. It's going to change that purple to a brownish color or something. So again, people are looking for. I just want. Just give me the steps because mm-hmm. I really want to be a great painter. And If you just would tell me what the steps are, so I can do it, I'd be really grateful. It's like that's not. <laughs> it doesn't work that way for me. Like, yeah. So, but, yeah.
0: Okay. No. 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 Well said. That not, hard, yeah, no, I mean, no, no. Well said, and I feel like it. It somewhat touches back on 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 the little uh, tangent about college and everything, but it's it's about you know uh, understanding rules um, is a very good thing to do so you can break rules essentially. Yeah, yeah, yes,
1: right. You know what you're. Yes, you should. I advocate for people getting as much information from as much, and I did those those kinds of books. And that's what the kind of books my kids, the kids, my parents would bring me. It's like. How to draw a dog, you know, mm. when I this in junior high or whatever. Those very, you know, they still sell them, and those are, like I said, if it gets you started drawing and thinking about drawing or painting, great. But don't, just don't think that, you know, there's the that idea of, you know, I got my MFA, now I'm an expert, mm-hmm. and. Well, sometimes will kind of, that's where they stop. They hold there. It's kind of like, that's their, it's like, so they stop learning essentially. It's like, well, I already know everything about painting. I have my MFA and I've painted for X years. And and then their work just kind of stays the same for the rest of their lives. Mm. And it's like, I expect my work, my work is always changing. And I expect to, to look vastly different in five years than it does now, or maybe not vastly, but mm. somewhat different. Like I'm yeah. going to, it's going to keep changing, just like I change, It's like mm-hmm. everything changes. Flowers mm-hmm. grow and die. Grow and die. Paint, you paint, and it, it it looks like this this year. And as the years go by, I even was thinking my work doesn't look that much different. And then I was going through some old uh, work to apply for a grant, and I was like, oh wow! Even just a couple of years ago, it actually kind of does look different. So you know, it's not planned. It's just mm-hmm. allow yourself to develop. Don't don't think you 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 got it. I've got mm-hmm. it, and I'm done. Now I'll just yeah. get the paint. I have everything. No, it's. You're always learning for the rest of your life. You're not done until it's you know you're 60 and under basically. Yeah. Then you're done. Then you're done learning.
0: Yeah. Very well said. Um, well, uh, again, I, we can, uh, end things here, but again, I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was again, very, very interesting. I have some of my notes underlined. Uh, I look forward to you publishing information about the show in Asheville. I hope it coincides with the time I can take a little, uh, weekend trip it's down there and check fall. it out.
1: I know when it's going to be as fall as fall of, um, 2024. Okay. I like thought September uh, or October, something like that. Yeah. That's the, okay. end, awesome. the general guide, guideline there. So. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I haven't, I
0: haven't shown on that side of the country. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're very cool. I I'm and again, with this much with this much lead time, I I'm hoping I can definitely catch it. I don't think anything crazy at work should be going on uh after summer. But uh again, Thank you so very much. Um, I awesome. think I think this is going to be my the fifth thing I've recorded, and so I'm probably going to end up publishing this now that I have okay. a, a raft of these. Um, uh-huh. And obviously, I'll, I'll I'll tag you in it. Um, All right. And uh, but again, yeah. And then after some time passes, if you ever want to chit chat for a round two or something like that, I'll touch base with you. Sure,
1: sounds sounds great.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so very bye. much. Bye. Enjoy the bye. rest of your day.
1: Bye. Bye bye.